When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Earlier, I was able to catch up with Kevin Lytle and the Fort Collins Coloradoan. We were able to talk about the news of CU reportedly leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. We talked about the potential impact on CSU, the Mountain West, everything in between. I dove into a lot of this stuff last night as well with my instant reaction pod where I kind of gave a lot of my personal opinions. So if you missed that one, make sure you go back and check it out. On this one, it's more me picking Kevin's brain on the topic. But just before we get into all of that, I wanted to comment on the spiciness of Twitter the last 24 hours. Damn, reminds me of like 2014 between Boise and CU fans getting in my mentions. I pissed off a lot of people, but it's all in good fun. I enjoy the back and forth. This is what college football is all about. But I did want to comment on Mike Prater's comments on the Bronco News Nation podcast this morning with BJ Rains. When talking about Colorado joining the Big 12 and the possibility of CSU maybe joining the Big 12 with them, which for the record, I don't think is a very realistic situation, but certainly one that's fair to talk about as a hypothetical. I do stuff like that on the pod all the time. Anyways, when asked about that possibility, Prater went off, man. He went off on CSU. This is a direct quote. They bring nothing to the table except a lot of money, a lot of hype, and a lot of lack of success. Later on, he would also say, I don't like Colorado State fans, and I don't like that athletic department. At one point, he says it's stupid that CSU gets all this love in the realignment conversation, that their media market is no better. And yeah, pretty much let us know how he really feels, I suppose. And uh, I, I did want to respond to it. And I guess I'll just start by saying that criticism of CSU for underperforming over the last decade is valid. Given the resources that we have, given what we spend, the facilities, all of that, it should have translated to more success than it has. That part of what he had to say is fair. That's valid criticism. Where I would push back is that Boise State needs to take a look in the mirror too. Do CSU fans at times have unrealistic expectations or unrealistic belief of where the Rams stand within the landscape of college football? Without a doubt. But here's the thing that Boise supporters don't seem to understand. It's not 2011 anymore. The gap between Boise State and the rest of the Mountain West has closed significantly. Are they still the flagship program for Mountain West football? Yes. But just about every team in this league, at least the top half, is capable of competing with Boise State. 
Now, does CSU have much room to talk trash when it comes to Boise? No, they don't. They've never beaten the Broncos. It's not a rivalry, but you also can't sit there with a straight face and say the gap hasn't closed since 2011, that the games have not been more competitive, that CSU shouldn't have won a few of those. 2013, 2016, 2017, 2019, a lot of those were close games. Even Adazio played a pretty close game against Boise the second time around. But my point here is that the talent gap between Boise and everybody else is not what it used to be. You can see that with Boise having only won two of the last seven Mountain West championships. And honestly, their national brand isn't what it used to be. That's not me trying to throw shade. That's not me saying it's not an incredibly impressive, competitive G5 football program that could, you know, make its way into a bigger conference if things go their way. But if any fan base needs a dose of reality around this conference, it's Boise State fans. You know, I'm not trying to start anything with anybody. This isn't like a personal thing or anything like that. I think Bronco Nation News is sweet. I think it's a really cool local outlet. They're doing great stuff. But I think they're saying what Boise fans want to hear, and I'm saying what CSU fans want to hear, and that's just kind of how this goes, right? The back and forth. It's all part of the game. Anyways, we're going to get to that interview with Kevin Lytle. But uh, now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and you'll stay on track of reaching your goals. If you're too busy with your summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up too, while getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside, soak up the warm weather. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta, shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, grilled steakhouse filet mignon, all ready in just two minutes. They've got vegan options, they've got veggie options, they've got calorie-smart options, they've got extra protein choices, they really have something for everyone. This July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meal and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash dnvrrams50. That's factormeals.com slash dnvrrams50 to get 50% off. Do not miss out on this sweet deal. I also want to shout out Saturday Neon. It is a local company started by two friends, former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual supporter, you're going to love the way these bad boys pop. Saturday Neon signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty, and they're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. Great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, bars, you name it. Great for a birthday present. Be great for a nightlight. Whatever you need, go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order. Free shipping for orders over $200. All right, we've got Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado in here to talk about the recent news, realignment, everything that's going on, how it could impact CSU. And if we have a little time, we might just talk a little Sophia Smith as well, who's lighting up uh, the globe right now, I guess, with her performance just first things first, what was your like instant reaction to all this? I mean, I know you wrote in your column that they were never a fit, so it's probably not shocking to you, but is the timing at all surprising to you? Just what, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, obviously this has been, the rumor of this has been rumbling for a while. Um, 
it's interesting, you know, the public comments from CU have gone back and forth. You know, it's been, oh, we're all in on the Pac-12. It's been, we'll do what's best for us. You know, just another lesson that those are, um, you know, BS basically. So I'm not shocked. I mean, the Pac-12 clearly is struggling. Um, they would have a TV deal if if they had a great offer right now. And so they can claim, you know, we have bidders at the table and whatever. But if you had a great deal, you would have signed it. And CU clearly doesn't feel confident and, and wants to, you know, they have a an olive branch from the Big 12 and wanted to take it while they had it. Uh, so surprise, just because, you know, these things always kind of nothing's happening and everything's happening. Uh, but definitely not shocked. What does your gut say as far as the remaining nine Pac-12 schools? Obviously, there's a ton of reports. It's it's largely speculation on our part. I'm not like trying to make it seem like we know what's going to happen here. But what does your gut say is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to think there's a lot of angst in that league, and you know, especially for you know the bigger dogs, uh, you know, most notably Oregon. You have to one you. I would have to guess that like an Oregon right now is making a lot of calls to the Big Ten, the Big 12, basically saying, hey, you want us? Like, we'd be happy to come uh, because, you you know, the Pac-12 teams can get out right now for free. You know, they wouldn't have to pay an exit fee to the Pac-12. And there's so much uncertainty in that league that I would. Everyone in that league has to be reaching out to other conferences. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean they're leaving, but saying like, hey, like, are you interested in us? Uh, because right now the Pac-12 is certainly in a tenuous situation. So, yeah, I think everyone else has to be pretty anxious at the moment. There's obviously in, in Fort Collins a lot of focus on the impact for CSU. And this is a discuss, something that we've discussed you know, quite a bit off the air. Just what does it look like? CU going to the Big 12 is probably better for CSU's chances of landing in, I don't know if I would call it a power conference at this point, but some type of better situation than they're in right now. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of a, an okay spot to be in if you're CSU, at least compared to where they've been at the last, you know, five, six, seven years, where it feels like they're just completely out of the conversation. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been feeling for a while that CSU's best bet to get back in the conversation is CU to go to the Big 12, because clearly the Big 12 isn't hasn't been interested in CSU for a while, you know, kind of since that 2016 flirtation. Uh, so CSU has been out of that conversation, really out of most expansion conversations, except for that, you know, that flirtation with the, the American, which was a whole different thing. And, you know, that would have been maybe not exactly lateral, but but maybe, and, you know, not really exciting thing. Um, but this opens CSU back up into the conversation. Yeah, the Pac-12, you know, certainly is looking like it's going to be wired down. But, you know, right now their TV deal, the current one, obviously we don't know the new one, is a lot more money than the Mountain West. Um, and even, you know, let's just say uh, there's a pseudo merger of sorts and, you know, the top of the, you know, some of the Mountain West schools, like a, let's say a San Diego State, a CSU, you know, a UNLV uh, join up with like a Washington State and Oregon State, you know, Arizona State, maybe Utah, if you're really lucky, would love to have them. You know, that's still a better version of a league than than right now. That would be um, best so yeah. case, right? Because that's yeah. one of the questions we have well, essentially I, I think, is. Yeah. I think best case is Oregon, Washington stay, uh, you know, especially Oregon. If you end up in a conference with Oregon and Utah, I mean, that that's going to bring a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money. Obviously, it would be hard to win in that league. Um, but I think that's, you know, probably best case, but also probably an unlikely case. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, that pseudo merger idea where, 
you know, the Mountain West can kind of, or whatever you want to call that new league, it'd probably fly under the Pac-12 logo. Um, but, you know, replace, you know, maybe like a, a Nevada, San Jose, and instead have, you know, an Oregon State, a Washington State, those type of schools. Um, you know, that's still an upgrade. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the best case for CSU. If you read all the national stuff, and again, a lot of it's speculation, but they have a lot of connections. Um, CSU's name is now being mentioned frequently, which, you know, hasn't been the case. Where I think things are going to get really interesting is what happens if, you know, Oregon and Washington either go to the Big Ten and or Big 12 and all the four corner schools go to the Big 12. Then you're sitting here with Cal and Stanford and Oregon State and Washington State, kind of those odd men left out. Oregon State and Washington State feel like natural fits in the Mountain West to me. You would love to have Cal and Stanford. My gut says they would not be so willing to be associated with some of these schools, especially if it's not with, you know, Arizona and and everybody else. Where are you at as far as that goes? Yeah, totally agree. If that were to happen, if the Four Corners and Oregon, Washington all bail out, the Pac-12 really is dead. And and yeah, um, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think Stanford wants to join a league, you know, a, a new Mountain West, you know, where they go to Laramie for, you know, no offense to Laramie, I'm going to get yelled at. They don't want to go to Fort Collins. Let's be real. They don't want to, you know, do that either. They don't want to swim in the Moby Pool with their Olympic swimmers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I could see if that, you know, kind of doomsday for a Pac-12 scenario happened of Stanford and Cal. I don't know exactly what they do, but maybe go out on their own. And yeah, you know, Washington State, you know, when I was in Pullman last year, I, you know, it felt like I was in, you know, Logan almost, I've been, you know, different towns, but felt like a, a Mountain West, you know, vibe. Uh, so yeah, I could see a way that, that, yeah, it really is just kind of a merger like that, where you sort of take the leftovers, um, you know, that probably isn't, you know, highly likely, but certainly not impossible either. I just have a hard time seeing the Pac-12 dissolve altogether, given yeah. what that conference has meant in the history of this sport. Like I say, I've I've had that question. I'm sure you have a lot too. Of you know, in five years, will it even exist? I think in a way it will. I think that name will keep going. Like I say, even if again the doomsday, the Four Corners leave, Washington, Oregon leave, and the Mountain West kind of just absolves or absorbs. I mean, you know, Oregon State, Washington State, maybe you know, Cal and Stanford. I think they would probably end up kind of taking the Pac-12 name because it's better for branding and and all that. I, I think the Pac-12 is, you know, going to exist in some way, shape, or form. Will it still be a true power? I don't know that, but I find it hard to believe that that name will disappear. Really dipping into the conspiracy speculation mm-hmm. side of things, if that were to happen, the, the doomsday scenario for the Pac-12, you have the four remaining Pac schools and they they come into the Mountain West, I agree, it would be then called the Pac-12. Do you kick out some members at that point? Because you have I mean, that possibility if it's the Pac-12. You couldn't do that under the Mountain West's current grant of rights, but if you're now in this new league, like theoretically, you could say, you know, San Jose State, New Mexico, or whoever you want, you know, see ya. Yeah, I mean... I could see that obviously, you know, Hawaii as a football only member is, is awkward as it is. Uh, and yeah, those schools you mentioned, I could see a way where, you know, the, the Mountain West slash pack says, you know, you know, thank you. Thanks, but no, thanks. You know, we're creating a new conference and we're, you know, starting from zero and inviting everyone and sorry, like your, your invite, like it, it just didn't come. So our bad. 
Um, so I could, again, that's a very, like you say, pseudo far-fetched um, possibility. But yeah, if it went all the way down that road, yeah, I think you probably would uh, pick and choose a little bit. And then kind of off of that, one of the questions we had posed to us on Twitter, do you see the Mountain West going on the offensive at any point here? And do you, you know, do you look at some AAC schools, see if you could poach like a Memphis or something like that? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you try? Will it succeed? I don't know that. But why wouldn't you try um, to go attack uh, or even I, again, I think it's unlikely, but could you call Washington State and Oregon State and say, hey, we're stable. If we can get you guys, we, you know, sort of propose, get you guys, you know, make a proposal, keep San Diego State, um, and I'll, you know, just try and kneecap the the Pac-12. Again, I don't know that that would work, but why on earth wouldn't you try if, if you're, you know, the Mountain West leadership? You know, everything's on the table these days, so make the call. The worst that happens is no. And I would assume at that point you would have some leverage with the TV companies and, you know, being able to renegotiate, you know, hey, maybe we make this like 15 million a year or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I would think, again, this is far fetched. But, yeah, let's say you get Oregon State, Washington State, somehow convince San Diego State that they're staying. And, yeah, maybe, you know, especially if you can grab a Memphis or something. Yeah, I would think you could go to Fox and CBS, say, hey, we have, we have some, you know, some new toys to play with, you know, can you pay us a little bit more? And, um, you know, it, again, worse that happens is no, uh, but it's, it's worth a shot. We're obviously seeing CSU's name floated a lot more in these reports. Is CSU the best G5 expansion at this point outside of San Diego State and SMU, in your opinion? Outside of those two, um, they offer a decent bit, you know, you have the investment into the stadium and, and other athletic facilities. Um, you have, you know, especially if we're talking outside of the big 12, you know, CSU doesn't own the Denver market, but it's a, you know, has a share of it. And certainly if CSU was in a bigger conference, you would get a bigger share of the Denver interest. Uh, so yeah, I think it's an, you know, an intriguing one. UNLV is the wild card in all this. Cause obviously UNLV has struggled. But man, the sports world is descending upon Las Vegas. I could totally see a conference, probably a Pac-12 saying, let's take a shot. Maybe they'll figure it out. And we have a flagship in Vegas because that's the hot place to be right now. So uh, Vegas is is the big wild card. But outside that, you know, Air Force always has you know some interest because, you know, they, you know, some of these conferences like the service academy, you know, relationship or whatever you want to call it. But outside that, you know, the Fresno thing has always seemed kind of weird to me. I, I'm not sure how much Fresno provides. Uh, Boise State, obviously, we keep seeing kind of as being passed over. Um, you know, Wyoming doesn't ever seem to be in these talks, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, Utah State would be the fascinating one. Like, I think, you know, they're a good program in a lot of ways, but man, being behind Utah and BYU in that state, I'm not sure there's much interest for anyone to grab them. You know, New Mexico, Nevada, you know, hard to see. Uh, you know, I guess Tulane is maybe, you know, the other one, you know, probably not for the Pac-12, although who knows these days. Um, but Tulane is an intriguing one because of their location and obviously what they did in football last year. Speaking of like a Tulane in Memphis, is that even, I don't know, just what, what does your gut say? Would that be practical for the Mountain West to add them? Like who, if it would have to add does, a substantial does, amount of money. Does practical for do exist? It. Yeah. Does practical well, does it matter anymore? anymore I, I mean, USC is about to play Rutgers and, you know, soccer and volleyball, you know, 
a couple times a year. Uh, so I don't even know what practical is anymore. You know, my my brain says no, but you know, reality says that <laughs> you know nothing is impractical right now because there's all sorts of weird stuff happening. So I would be mildly surprised, but nothing nothing shocks me more. You could say the craziest thing, I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. <laughs> I think that's what has made this process so wonky and why you see, you know, fan bases get so defensive and sensitive is there are there are logical selling points you could make for a lot of these programs. And there's also things that have held each and every one of these schools back. And if they were more desirable, they would have been pursued a long time ago. We've had a plenty of realignment moves over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, but it does feel like more than ever, it's about just location and like resources. And it really doesn't matter that much if you're winning, because if if that was that big of a factor, CU would not be in anybody's, you know, realignment plans right now. Yeah. The big 12 isn't snapping up CU because they've won just so many games over the last few years. But yeah, it's those things, like you said, location, you know, potential eyeballs, money, investment, all those things. And I feel the, I feel so bad for Olympic sports and the athletes and the coaches because they're just getting jerked around and no one cares. And not no one, obviously some people do, but it doesn't matter. Like I say, you know, USC and UCLA volleyball teams, soccer teams, and you know, name your sport are going to have these horrendous cross country trips. And who cares? You know, they say, well, we're getting a ton of money. So deal with it. Um, so it's just tough. Uh, and yeah, like you say, if for everyone left in the G5, you're there because there's a flaw in your your program that has made you not the perfect candidate. That doesn't mean you can't be a good candidate, but like you say, if, if you were the perfect candidate, you wouldn't be in the G5 anymore. We'll get right back to that interview with Kevin, but when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair of sunglasses, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal this season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. What what does CSU need to do at this point? Is it really just come down to like win? I mean, I don't think you can really do much more in terms of like you built the facilities. I mean, you can talk about Denver, you know, and Northern Colorado, but that none of that's been different over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, keep trying to get butts in the seats, keep trying to get people watching on TV. But how do you do those things? 
you do it by winning. Uh, keep boosting, you know, things like NIL and things like that. Again, that comes with winning. It all always circles back to winning. CSU, like you say, you know, they have the facilities and whatnot to compete at, you know, that higher level, but um, you need all those other things. You know, Joe Parker has talked about that a lot of, a lot of CSU's other metrics, which, you know, he says that he means things like TV eyeballs and impressions on social media and, you know, engagement, all these various factors need to go up. But like I said, you you can do that by winning. So it's never a bad time to win games. Now is a supremely not bad time to win games. Uh, and Jay Norvell and staff know that these guys are plug, you know, they're not idiots. They they're reading this stuff just like we are. And they know darn well, like, hey, you know, go beat Washington State and see you in the first couple of weeks. And the, would that guarantee an invite? No, but it sure would bring some eyeballs. And who knows? Who knows how much change happens between now and then? But Go win, go try, you know, share your story like CSU always loves to say. Um, but the reality is a lot of it or almost all of it is out of CSU's hands except for winning. Um, you know, frankly, I think CSU would probably be best off or I shouldn't say best off, most likely to move to the Pac-12 if there's more departures from the Pac-12. But again, everything is is out of their hands except for winning. Is there more pressure on this season, do you feel like? Yes and no. I mean, yes, you know, this would be a really bad time to go, you know, three and nine again. Um, but on the other hand, there's always pressure. I mean, coaches know you, you lose, you get fired. Um, that's what happens. Uh, so in that way, I, and I think Jay Norvell has kind of suggests that, like, you know, our goal is always to win. It's not like they're sitting there on the sideline going, oh, my God, I wonder if the Pac-12 is watching. We better win this game. Um, they know that you know, the job is based on winning. So in reality, I don't think it really affects them at all. It's, you know, it, the plan is still the same plan. The last thing I wanted to ask you is just kind of how the fans should view this situation, because I think no matter what happens, there will be some people that come in and point out like, oh, you're in the Pac-12 and it, it no longer has USC or UCLA, which is true. Like it's no matter where you end up, it's not going to feel as good had you had gotten in 10 years ago, had you gotten into the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma. Like, we get it. It's a different world. But the point is, you just want to be in a better position than you are right now. You can't afford to be left behind altogether and whatever this ends up shaping out to be. Yeah. And the better is such a tricky thing right now. Like, yeah, even dilute Pac-12 will be a lot more money, but you also have to invest more. Um, so it's it's really complicated there. And then I know this clearly doesn't matter because money is the talker, but, you know, just as a college football or college sports fan, I should say, you know, it, let's say CSU does get a Pac-12 invite, which again is is a TBD thing and leaves, you know, Air Force, or, you know, Air Force too, but, you know, most particularly Wyoming behind. That would be sad. I mean, imagine if CSU and Wyoming aren't playing every year. Like, that's the part of this I hate. Um, and, you know. It's happening everywhere. It, you know, like I said, no one cares anymore because it's all money. Um, but there are just so many layers to it that makes it so complicated. So yeah, I mean, if you get that offer, would you do it? Absolutely. But would there be some, you know, quote unquote negatives? Yeah, I mean, there, you know, it's it's complicated right now. Uh, but yeah, even a diluted Pac-12 would still be more money than than what CSU is getting right now. Ah, not having a border war that would just be. I mean, it's a hundred and like thirty plus years of history that would just be going out the window. 
Yeah, obviously we're you know we're talking several steps that may not ever happen down the road, but you know stuff like that just makes me sad. Um, it's uh, it's not like college football particularly has never you know it's always been big business, especially lately. But man, uh, it's just becoming more so when we lose things like that. And you know, obviously we're seeing them around the country. You know, with like Oklahoma leaving the the Big Twelve and and how that's impacting things, Texas. Um, it's just, it's just kind of wild the things that are happening. To me, I, I just wonder: Do the people running these businesses actually understand what college football fans love about this sport and what made it so valuable in the first place? They understand money. <laughs> well, I've I've never been a money guy, so I won't pretend I'm an expert in that area. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to just briefly talk about. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team, Sophia Smith. Obviously, they have a a huge local presence with multiple Colorado players on that roster. But Sophia Sophia Smith, excuse me, kind of taking the, the country by storm. What's this mean, like for Northern Colorado, just in the sense, like, and how how good is the soccer scene really here locally? Yeah, I mean it's it's so cool. You know, there are the pictures that float around of Sophia, you know, wearing the the Fort Collins soccer club Jersey on, she was like four years old or whatever it is. Um, just really neat. And, you know, I have, I have a colleague who has, you know, younger daughters who went to, you know, the U S national team played in Denver a year ago. They win saw Sophie score two goals in that game. Uh, you know, she scored two goals in the world cup opener. You know, you just have so many kids here in, you know, in Fort Collins and Colorado and around the country watching, you know, her as a role model and, um, it's just really cool. You know, selfishly, it's it's fun for me. I, I wrote my first story on Sophia Smith when she was like 14. I've covered her family for years, you know, since I started at the Colorado. And so it's really cool. Someone you know, that you've covered knew very early on that she had high potential, you know, really be reaching at such a young age. You know, the talent is incredible. You know, she's just one of them. You know, Jalen Howell is just on the outside of the national team right now. She's, you know, the captain of her club at 23 years old. Uh, you know, she grew, you know, spent most of her childhood in, you know, the Fort Collins area. Um, you know, we have D1 soccer players, you know, throughout Northern Colorado and all of Colorado. It's just really cool to see, um, you know, the attention and, and, you know, I guess the accolades for these players. And it's, you know, it's pretty cool when sort of your hometown gets put on such a national stage for such a good reason. So I think it's just fun for a lot of people, um, you know, it's obviously you know, a lot of people root for that team anyway, but especially locally, I think there's a lot of high interest in uh, the U S women's national team and, and Sophia Smith. You knew she was going to be good. Did you know she was going to be this? No, I don't think anyone that says, you know, that you can, you know, you saw this kid play at 14 and projected they'd be the, the best player, you know, one of the top, you know, ESPN ranked her as the third best player at the world cup, you know, so most places have her as a top 10 player in the world at 22 years old. So anyone that, you know, said that they knew that would happen is, you know, a freaking liar. I definitely knew she'd be very good. I, you know, I probably would say I thought she'd be pro, but you know, the national team, it's so hard to even make the national team much less start for it. So no, I never saw that as a guarantee, but it, you know, it's been cool to see how steadily she's done this. You know, she had a horrible ankle injury in college that, you know, could have derailed things and and she obviously bounced back from that. So there are so many things that can derail a career um, from reaching this point. So, so no, never, I'm not going to say I, I was sure this would happen, 
but definitely knew she had a huge potential. I like that, that that was the truth, but you, you could have took the victory lap and dunked and nobody would have oh, been able oh, to Oh, yeah. You know, in, in 2014, <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew for sure that she'd be starting uh, you know, for the U.S. national team. Uh, like I say, it'd be cool to claim that, but that'd be a lie. It's like LeBron talking about every up and coming back. Oh, yeah. I saw that guy in, in AAU <laughs> at 13, and, and I said, he's going to start for the Heat in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Should we have higher standards for what CSU soccer should be given the local talent pool? Like we get a ton of comments, obviously on local recruiting in regards to college football, even college basketball in a sense. But if we're talking about what this state is actually a hotbed for, it's, it's girls soccer talent. Yeah, no, it, that program really needs to be more successful and it's going to be inter- interesting over the next couple of years. See what happens, you know, Keely Hagan coming in from, you know, Texas, obviously a pretty big profile program. They're updating the facility. You know, it's not going to be, you know, anything shockingly big or, or different. Better than the be Lagoon, ni- yeah, it'll be, it'll be better. It'll be nicer. It'll be stable. You know, that's part of the problem. You know, that's been such a nomadic program. But yeah, you should have some success. There's so much talent here. And, you know, the Mountain West is okay at soccer, but not great, you know. CSU should certainly be in the Mountain West tournament every year. It's the top six making that, you know, that that's should be a bare minimum. I, I think they should really be competing to win it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. You're not going to get the Sophie Smiths. I, you know, I don't care what the program is doing. You were never going to get her, but some of these others that go to comparable programs, and you look, there are always locals on you know, New Mexico, Wyoming, uh, you know, even like a Montana stuff like that, that have solid programs. You, know, you just see um, players getting away that, Again, you're not going to build your roster fully on Colorado or Northern Colorado kids, but there are surely some that can help. And, and that's a program that I do think needs to, to find more success here soon. Well, like you said, you're never going to land the Sophia Smith. Of the, well, I guess I don't want to say never. M- more than likely not going to land those types of, of players. But, I mean, that is another area. If you get into a Pac-12, maybe you're able to keep some of those talents that are you know constantly going to Wyoming and New Mexico or other Pac-12 schools. And I mean, I would have to think it would be big for volleyball, which has obviously competed on a really high level just to have those better resources to play bigger schools, all of that. Yep, absolutely. I mean, again, the these moves aren't happening because of Olympic sports in any way, but the right spot can be a big boost for those Olympic sports too. So that, you know, that's the flip side. If you can get, you know, volleyball into a more competitive conference, you know, maybe they can recruit at an even higher level, uh, you know, things like that. So so, yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of threads to these potential moves that, you know, yeah, football obviously is the driver, but it impacts a lot of different um, aspects of the university. Well, dude, I appreciate you hopping on. It's always a blast to catch up. Um, make sure you go check out his column, keep up with all his work. We've got, man, fall camp. It's what, next week? Yeah, we're about a week out. It's, it's wild that we're there. Ugh, what are you most excited for? That's a really good question. Um, really good question. When the games actually start, I think seeing how good this defense can be is actually one of my top ones. In camp, I mean, yeah, you'll get glimpses, but let's be real. You know, it's it's hard to, you know, get the full look in camp. So I guess in camp, honestly, just this receiving group, you know, they basically had four receivers last year for most of the season. So just seeing some of these new guys, whether it's you know incoming freshmen or transfers, um, I'm I'm just excited to see you know what the talent looks like behind Tory Horton. 
Make sure you guys go follow Kevin if you are not. If you're listening to this podcast, I highly doubt that you don't know him or don't follow him. But uh, best in the biz, hands down. Thanks for hopping on, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.